Broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studios in Pensacola, Florida, it's time for Pensacola Business Radio. Now, here are your Business Radio X hosts. Hey, good morning, everybody. Keith over here, broadcasting live from Business Radio X studios in Pensacola. And I have some fantastic guests around the table with us this morning to uh, hopefully enlighten you with some lively conversation. And I'm going to let them introduce themselves. And Warren, we can start with you. Yep. So Warren Gibbs, uh, Tech Systems. Um, I am originally from Orlando, Florida. Moved here about a year ago to Pensacola to help build out this market. And here you shall stay. And here I shall stay. (laughs) (laughs) It's nice being close to the water, isn't it? (laughs) it, You can't complain. You can't complain. I like to fish, so it's a lot of fun. Well, cool. Well, welcome. Thanks for joining us this morning. John? My name is John Miller. I uh, uh, founded the Miller Leadership Institute. Um, I'm a John Maxwell certified uh, speaker, teacher, coach. And uh, I'm here to talk about Live to Lead, which is an event we're doing on October 7th in the morning. Fantastic. Well, again, thanks for being here this morning. Thank you. Miss Mary. I'm, Mary I'm so Reesberg. glad you're here. I'm so happy to be back. <laughs> it's great to be back with you live on the radio. That's it. I am here with John Miller, also part of the John Maxwell team of speakers, trainers, coaches, and I'm very, very excited about the lineup of speakers we have coming in for the Lift to Lead, the John Maxwell simulcast. That is going to be next Friday, October the 7th in the morning, starting from 8 to 12, and can't wait to share more about that and who we have lined up for awesome. people to come and listen to. Well, thanks for being. This is twice in one week we've been I able know. to hang out. It's kind of wow, awesome. This is so, awesome. Awesome. All right, Warren. So lay it on me. I know you came in with I-10 Wired yep. Radio and did a little bit, but for those that haven't uh, heard, because this is Pensacola Business Radio, let's tell them what Tech Systems is and what you do. Yep. So um, Tech Systems is the largest IT staffing and services company in the nation. Um, uh, yearly, we place around 85,000 technical consultants. We've been in the Pensacola market for around three years now. Um, just recently opened up a mobile office as well. So basically, we just kind of connect talent with the right companies. Um, we take the time to understand their skills, their goals, their interests, and as well understand our customers' business, understand their culture, um, created a you know a retention strategy for them, an attraction strategy, and help find the right people. So we've been doing it for for a while. Yeah. So okay. So tell me what's going on in your world because it moves fast, does it not? I mean, being it does. tech. It does. Um, it's actually really encouraging as of late. Um, we've we've been seeing a lot of open opportunities in both the Mobile and the Pensacola markets. Um, we've seen a an increased demand of positions, which um, specifically for the direct placement side, which is really great because that usually means that the company is growing. Um, it's not a contract, so it's not a um, kind of a uh, loss of, of work right. or, or, or by any means. So. There's a lot of local growth. There's a lot of organic growth going on, and a lot of smaller to medium-sized companies are are really growing. And I think the efforts of Iten Wired and all the local community organizations that have helped bring talent into this area and help bring businesses into the area is definitely contributing. Yeah, to it's that. starting to flourish, isn't it? It's it really some is. momentum. It really is. Are you finding the gap is closing between sort of the skills needed and the jobs available? Um, it's very, very slowly. So right now I brought some analytics around. So, uh, the local IT labor force is around 3,000 people locally. Um, there's 216,000 or 100,000, um, labor force and only 3,000 are those of IT. Yeah. Um, unemployed, there's around 60 and typically available workers in the skill set, virtually none. So it's still, it's still a very small gap. Um, but it is starting to close because of more of the programs and more of the people moving into this area. So, and are those local statistics or is that, is it, is it nationwide? This is, so this is local statistics. Yeah. Okay. So, so, and is it like that in all the other communities or are we finding some places have less of a gap than? So it nationwide unemployment for it is under 2%. So it's, it's a (laughs) pretty, there. And if you can do it, you're in, it's a pretty big gap nationwide. Um, so, you know, you've obviously seen a lot of uh, efforts nationwide with STEM programs and some of the other efforts from the engineering side. So it's a huge deficit right now. And, um, there's a lot of, uh, organizations and a lot of communities are partnering with local schools, um, you know, it organizations Mm -hmm. to help build and, um, thrive that talent. So when you're out there, like looking for people to, to fill these gaps in these jobs and these positions, what do you, uh, I guess, what, what's the golden carrot, right? Like what's the value proposition? What's the, what's the thing that you're using to draw them here? Because I'm assuming you're having to look outside of this community. Yep. So I'd say about 30 to 40% of the placements that we fill, um, are people from outside the community. Um, so we're, we're definitely having to draw them in with a, 
employee value proposition. And that really all it is, is a, you know, a compelling set of reasons of why someone would want to work at your company. Um, a lot of people just don't know about Pensacola. So yeah. it's really more about um, showing them the area, showing them the types of organizations that are around and the communities uh, and drawing them in here. And of course the beach doesn't hurt at all. Well, and I was going to say, you get to now speak from personal experience, yep. right? So coming from Orlando and had you been to Pensacola before? Never. Fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> so you were, this, you've told this is all new saturation for you. Yep, definitely. And so what did you find prior to moving here was, was like, what was the thing that made the, well, you know, when they originally told me about moving to Pensacola, I, I literally said, You're Pensacola, like, I'm not going there. No, it's just tumbleweeds. <laughs> not, nothing. Um, and they sent me up here to kind of get a little tour of the place and, you know, some of the most beautiful beaches I've seen. And I know I was on the East coast of Cocoa some, and it gets nasty. The, the most beautiful beach. <laughs> I no, would vote kidding. with that one. You'll go with the. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's, it's beautiful up here. Um, again, the, the downtown uh, being revitalized and all the different things that they've put into the downtown. Mm-hmm. Um, has really drawn in and drawing in people as well as all the different, um, student group, you know, communities mm-hmm. that are building, um, mm-hmm. different, um, downtown eateries and coffee shops and all the things that help breed a tech community. Sure. So now was it just you or did you have a posse to bring with you? No. So we've actually been here for around two years. Um, there just hasn't really been a whole lot of stability locally. Um, so they brought in and I brought my family up here. We've kind of committed long term. I actually moved down the road to Daphne because I'm kind of in between Pensacola Mm -hmm. and Mobile, specifically focusing a little bit more on Mobile now, Mm -hmm. but we've got a whole team that we brought on. I got Rob and Danielle that sit locally, um, to kind of help build up the market. So the family's like beaches, dude, we're here. Oh yeah. My wife's a a beach, beach girl (laughs) all the way. Very cool. My son, not so much at first. He hated the sand, um, but he he's all on board now. Yeah, it, it, you can't it get him out of it a couple times. Once exactly. you get used to it being everywhere, <laughs> actually, once it gets everywhere and you realize you can't escape it, yep. it's a lot easier to become comfortable. One hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. So, um, okay, okay, let's talk about something that I think a lot of businesses definitely want to know. And you had mentioned earlier is talk to me about retention strategy because that's the biggest thing here in yep. these small communities. Because let's face it, there's a lot of poaching. Mm-hmm. Um, because when people find a good worker, they, they want a good worker, but yep. what are you, your thoughts on that and how's your company move towards? Yep. So there's more and more, uh, demand for, um, you know, regular feedback from your employer. There's more demand for extracurricular type things within the company. So they want an environment that they can work in and be heard. Um, so the old school environment of come in there, sit in the back room, bang on some keys, just not there anymore. They want more. Um, so we work with them to create that employee retention strategy by building a, um, a uh, really a message to the employee mm-hmm. of why you would want to work there. So we've got um, after programs where you can go and learn and do to conferences. We've got um, you know newer peripherals that you can look at. We've got newer um, uh, you know activities that you can participate in. Mm-hmm. We encourage you to go out and look at new technologies and research new methodologies of doing things. So really just kind of creating an open air and creating open communication as well as, um, you know, there's more and more remote workers these days. So flex yeah. schedules and being able to, you know, work from home and in your pajamas. Exactly. That's awesome. That's the best commute there is. <laughs> so um, sometimes though, though, sometimes I got to get out of the house, right? Oh, for to, sure. To feel productive. For someday. sure. So, well, what's next for you guys? Well, so we just recently opened up a mobile office. Um, we're expanding in the mobile area as well. Um, we promoted uh, Rob into the account manager role here locally, as well as Danielle. Mm-hmm. Uh, we moved her over from Destin. So we're really building a lot and putting a lot into the local um, community, investing a lot locally here. So again, we're involved in the I-10 Wired. Uh, we sit on the board of the IT Gulf Coast. Um, we want to get involved in more community events with, you know, Coder Dojo mm-hmm. and all the different technical events that they have locally. So, yeah, because there's a lot here. I mean, from Panama really City is. to all the way into Mobile, right? We're mm-hmm. sort of building a new corridor here. Yep, for sure. Yeah. So uh, in in your world right now, what are the hottest uh, positions you've got that are open that people might be interested in? Yeah, so um, software development is extremely popular. Um, there's a huge shortage nationwide for every 10 Java developer positions that are open nationwide. There's one qualified worker, um, specifically around the Pensacola and Mobile area. It's a heavy .NET um, and Microsoft mm-hmm. stack focus environment. So 
we have a lot of need for .NET developers yeah. here locally. Um, in, in, on a platform that's expanding. Like I know you see a new app every day, right? Oh, you for sure. You see a new software coming out. You know, well, what's, what's really nice about the local community from a technical perspective is it's a lot of small and medium-sized companies. Mm-hmm. So they're very agile and they're very adaptable to newer technologies. When you work in a very big bloated organization mm-hmm. um, that is not adaptable to change or they've got mainframe systems that really don't look um, to change those because of the significant investment. There's a lot of companies that are doing newer, you know, .NET Core, Angular type work. So they're having, uh, you know, and drawing in that type of talent who wants to do the new development mm-hmm. and doesn't want to just sit and do, you know, maintenance on a legacy application. Yeah. So what are you working on now currently? I mean, other than obviously finding some people, are you enjoying some new curriculars or some, some self-awareness or, or anything Oh. Coming forward in the industry? Yeah, so um, I'm seeing uh, a huge demand um, for remote workers. Yeah. Um, so more companies, as they're sh- striking for that talent, they're really wanting um, to hit talent that they can get locally. So some companies are you know, changing that and moving to you know, Atlanta or something like that. We're actually encouraging. Obviously, we're trying to bring people in here, but right. we're also trying to encourage the remote worker as well or, or partial remote. Yeah. So uh, we had a, a guest in here, uh, uh, Julian McQueen, who owns a company called Innisfree and has like 26 hotels or something. Mm-hmm. And I think he's, he had added a marketing department and the, there was 26 employees specifically for that. It was digital. And their one request was to have ability to either have remote access or literally wear their pajamas to work, yep. right? Because there was a younger crew. And so what he did was in his main office, if I remember the story correctly, is he built a entirely separate sided building. That's just like fun zone, yep. you know, where literally they can come in in their pajamas and obviously not mess up the rest of the office stuff, but they come in and they do. And he says their performance has just shot through the roof, giving well, them that access to either remote or come in and, and just be you. 100%. And I think um, a lot of companies are really afraid to do something like that because yeah, they sure. see the unintended consequences that come along with it. But I really think it's your leadership and it's also um, the level of expectations you had about the employee. Mm-hmm. And you'll be very surprised. The more freedom and the more uh, ability that you empower your employee, yeah, they really take it upon themselves and they don't take advantage of those kind of things. So. Yeah, we started here in this building on this floor in particular, uh, and only because we've been limited to this floor. Uh, Nerf gun wars. That's perfect. And let me tell you, it has actually increased productivity because when we're all ready to take a break and blow some steam off, it's full on battlegrounds. Here. Oh, for sure. Yeah, but it's fun. We've so. got frisbee dodgeball. There you go. So that'll work. Yeah. I think I'm in the wrong. <laughs> You're in the wrong industry. <laughs> I'm in the wrong industry. It's like, that sounds good. Yeah. Can, yeah. Yeah. Go yeah, for I'm, it. I'm whispering in the microphone. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It doesn't really I work. Heard Mary. That. It works. Sorry. Sorry about that. Because <laughs> you had just mentioned Warren about leadership, and I'm yep. I'm curious because there is a shift in leadership thoughts of what it used to be yep. from the leadership going down, and, and now it's really employee engagement. So I'm curious how your company might work that into employee retention. Has mm-hmm. the leader ship thought shifted to go with that and what have you done because I, I think that's very interesting what you're talking yeah. about well i think um really from a leadership perspective um again the new breed of change the new level of talent the newer technologies the more exposure to those type of things it is just a natural progression to change your thought um and he was talking about simon Sinek earlier and i'm a big fan of of simon Sinek. Mm-hmm. um and i think a lot of companies too are understanding that there's more than one way to get things done and in order to keep those employees engaged, they're going to have to go about doing things a different way. So um, not in all organizations by any means, you know, we still see, you know, I get a front row seat to poor leadership and some companies and, and poor communication sure. in some companies. And it seems very simple to diagnose and to do. But when you've got a large organization and getting them all to change that mindset and move to just a, a more fluid uh, level of leadership and a more open communication, empowering employees and really um, telling them why they're doing something rather than just telling them to do mm-hmm. something. So, mm-hmm. um, and, and that's the same way from a recruiting standpoint when we're talking to different technical um, employees. We really want to understand the, the business's why. So we want to understand the objective that they're trying to accomplish. So, you know, when you typically get a call from a recruiter, it's, hey, I got a position. You interested? Mm-hmm. You know, it's not, hey, we've got a customer that is looking to double the revenue in the next two years by implementing a brand new application that could really change the industry. Um, I think that's a little bit more interesting and a little bit sure. more appealing, right? So, and this is the same thing from internally where you're talking to an employee and you're telling them, hey, I know you're working on this right now. But this is the reason why you're working on it. It's just, it's a lot. Yeah. 
lot better. So, so which leads me because I'm going to ask you a couple of fun questions. What is, do you do a lot of interviewing beyond just sort of actual oh, recruiting yeah. and finding? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Okay, so what's your favorite interview question? Um, you know, my favorite interview question that I have that I've given to people and the one that I've heard from mm-hmm. people is there's two. One, so if you had to take one of the tools um out of your skill set what mm-hmm. would it be and why oh man right um you know that if if you had to take one of those tools out what it would it look like and then the other one you know and it's it's a common one but hey after 6 months what does success look like to you yeah um and then have them go through it so a lot of it is just I'm looking for their thought process yeah well and I like the way you're trying to get them to define their own metrics too yep. i mean what cuz there's a lot of people I ask they don't even under they don't even know they don't know what their their metric is yep. so Okay, so the next question is really fun. What's the worst response you've ever gotten? <laughs> oh man. Um, so I will say the one of the worst, um, and it was actually on a, a resume. Mm-hmm. Um, like dog ate my homework kind of thing. I had someone. We had it was we had someone who crossed out um, every question and wrote good morning, and at the end they wrote organic crimson roll tide. Oh, fantastic! And that was their that was their. That, that was, was their interview, yeah. like prep and and what they put forward, and I literally just I I mean I fell on the ground laughing the yeah. whole time. Yeah, yeah. What do you do with that? You don't do a <laughs> whole lot with yeah. it. You don't yell roll tide. That's yeah. for sure. I was going to say that's very cool. Um, so okay, so one more question into the interview thing because I think there's some soft skills that mm-hmm. a lot of people need, but when you go to look for that. In, in that person, no matter what the question is you're asking, what are you typically looking for these days and has it changed from five years ago? Well, so it's very company specific because, you know, a company is full of people um, and there's different kinds of companies and different kinds of people. Mm-hmm. So, you know, an individual that would fit into one company would, you know, maybe not fit into the other company from a communication perspective. So I think it's really understanding the business's culture and the way they internally work mm-hmm. and then gearing your questions more along those lines to make sure that they're going to be a fit for that type of culture. Because yeah. some of them, you know, are, uh, you know, they like to haze and rag on their their people when they come in. And some are very buttoned up corporate where, you know, you come in, you read your documentation and you sit in the cubicle. So yeah. it all depends on the person in the company. So and, and I guess this may not fit necessarily as much for the tech as it does for a lot of the other industries. But are you hiring skills or are you hiring personality um so once we get through the screening it's all personality yeah you know um once the skill qualifications are met once the skill qualifications are met it's all personality um very few times do i have a manager talk to me about hey i just need someone who's a heads down person that sits in their cube and does it work Um, (laughs) right it's very few you know one guy in the basement yeah exactly you know um it's very very few times that that actually happens more often than not they want someone who fits in their culture can interact and um, have those soft skills as well very cool all right so if anybody wants to get some information or see the job postings or get in touch with you where can we send them yep so um you can check us out at techsystems.com and just type in pensacola or mobile um, you can see all of our job postings there. We're also on uh, Twitter at Tech Systems and at Tech Systems on Instagram as well. And that's T-E-K. T-E-K yeah. Systems, yep. Very cool. Well, thanks for hanging out with us yeah, this morning. Sure. So stick around for a little bit. I'm we'll sure do. these two have something maybe interesting to talk about. Right? <laughs> Just a little bit. So, okay, John and Mary, tell me about this. Is this the second year, third year? This is the third year. Third year. Yes. And we're excited about it. In fact, uh, uh, Warren mentioned Simon Sinek, and mm-hmm. he's going to be one of the speakers. This is a simulcast, a simulcast live out of Atlanta, out of the uh, John Maxwell Leadership Center. And uh, Simon Sinek is going to be one of our speakers. So we're excited about that. Um, also, of course, John Maxwell is mm-hmm. going to be a speaker. And uh, he's going to be interviewing Dan Cathy, the CEO of Chick-fil-A. Uh, Dan, uh, that, that company started in 1946. Uh, it's become the... The, um, Are they really that old? Yep. I had no idea. Yes, yes. Wow. And and uh, that company has grown from, you know, of course, one restaurant sure. uh, with his dad, Truett, to um, uh, a company that's, it's the, um, I think it's the biggest uh, fast food chicken restaurant in, in mm-hmm. the country, and uh, it has grown to a $6 billion business. Yeah, and really helped define the way hospitality and service should be, regardless of whether it was fast food or restaurant or a hotel or... 
yes. you know, an automotive shop. Absolutely. Yeah. The first time I walked into a Chick-fil-A and, and, and I said something, they said, my pleasure. I, I just, I, I got a weird my... look on my face, right? <laughs> yeah. I'm like, where'd that come yeah, from? It's like, but, but it's, that's, that's the culture. And, mm-hmm. and, and when Warren was talking about culture, that that's the culture of that company, which is why they're one of the reasons why they're very successful. Yeah. Um, Beyond that, there's going to be, um, let's see, we had, uh, there's also going to be Liz Wiseman. Uh, Liz was a, a corporate executive for Oracle for 17 years and started her own company called the Wiseman Group. Uh, she now uh, teaches executive uh, uh, people all over the, mm-hmm. she does executive coaching and that mm-hmm. kind of thing all over the country and, and uh, very successful uh, uh, people like, uh, companies like Disney and so forth. So she's going to be uh, uh, the fourth speaker. Sounds like it's going to be some pretty interesting stuff to hear. Yep, absolutely. Okay, so let's get them some facts real quick, just so, so everybody knows. Where can they, Where is it going to be held here locally? At the Perry House over there on the corner of Wright and Palafox Street. Very cool. So different place than last year, right? Or is same that the same? It is same year. place as last year. Mm-hmm. Okay. Place. We're kind of, I, I think, trying to make that the location. So mm-hmm. as the event continues year after year, mm-hmm. people will associate that location with the event. And it was w- it was sold out last year, wasn't it? Yeah, we had a very good turnout I was last say, it was year. Crowded. There was some standing room, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. And then tickets are how much? The tickets are uh, uh, $69. If you buy uh, 1 to 10, uh, 11 to 19 tickets, I'll drop it down to 40, uh, 59 and uh, if there's 20 or more people coming, it, it's 49. And also, if you have a student ID, it's 49. Very cool. All right. So I have to find 19 more friends to go. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. And, and that was the encouragement. Yeah. That was the encouragement. There was one company that actually shut down their their, their company for the morning. Well, that was smart. And and uh, they're sending 22 people. Well, that's probably they're probably going to get some pretty good rewards on that one. They see the value of leadership and, and, and shutting down the company for that half day to do that. So uh, I, I respect that very much. Okay, and then if they want to buy tickets, where are we sending them to? We are sending them to uh, a website, l2lpensacola.com. That's, that, that two is uh, the number two. And uh, that will take you, uh, you'll see something in there, buy tickets, and it'll take you to an Eventbrite yeah. location where you can do that. Okay, so I know Mary's story that has led her to this John Maxwell group and the leadership stuff, but I don't know yours. How do you just wake up one day and say, this is, this is it. This is what I'm going to do. This is my driving force. Over the, the, we're, I was thinking about this last night. Um, I've, I've always been interested in leadership in some form or another as, as I was getting, mm-hmm. you know, of age. And, uh, I began reading leadership books. Of course, John Maxwell has written what 70 plus books mm-hmm. and, and I've read, uh, probably most of those. Uh, course, I've got to catch uh, up. I've only gotten two. Yeah, only two. <laughs> only two. <laughs> I've got one to give you today with an autograph from him. Fantastic. That? Awesome. Um, but uh, anyhow, um, the, uh, other leaders, of course, as well. Uh, there's there's uh, Andy Stanley and, and uh, um, you know, some of these kind of folks. So I had an interest there. My my thoughts were, okay, I'm reading this stuff, and it sounds really good, but how do I apply it? Mm-hmm. And, and you go to like you're talking about Warren. You go into a workplace and they have a certain culture or whatnot, and and you go, well, how how do I make this fit? Um, what was it? Uh, January of 2012, John Maxwell came to town here to the Civic Center mm-hmm. and did a talk on the five levels of leadership. Um, I didn't ask my boss. I told my boss I was going. That, Good for you. Uh, that was that was just the way I felt. Did and, he go with you? No, I uh, should have. <laughs> But that's okay. That's okay. But um, anyhow, um, it, it was great. There were what over six thousand people there, I believe. It, it yes. was an, an amazing wow. event, and uh, um, um, great for this this town. Um, afterward, there was there was a, a call to the front for those interested in a program that John had going, and, mm-hmm. and I thought, well, what what is this all about? I need to be because so I was the front row person, of course. And when they mentioned the John Maxwell team, which, uh, Mary, you're more familiar with, you were actually one of the founding members. Yes. Uh, mm-hmm. That started, I believe, in 2011. Yeah, Mary jumped in head first. Yeah. I was in the top 10 <laughs> exactly. ever joined ever yeah. Uh, yeah. in the team, so it, way it, back in the founding days. Yeah, and, and doesn't uh, uh, the John Maxwell team have founding roots here in Pensacola? Well, Mary. Would you say? <laughs> well, Mary, of course, yeah. Well, even but, aside from that, I know that uh, the – President of the John Maxwell team, Paul Martinelli, he has been to Pensacola several times, and actually one of his mentors 
would be here in Pensacola. So there, there is some history here yeah, in Pensacola yeah, exactly. for those people who kind of founded the team. Yeah, absolutely. So anyhow, I got in, I, I got certified uh, as a, a John Maxwell uh, speaker coach uh, in uh, August of 2012, and uh, I've been going back for re-audits uh, at, at least once a year, maybe twice a year, mm-hmm. and we've we've just had a great time. I've grown tremendously. Um, the last time I was I was there in uh, August of this year in Orlando, there were over 3,400 people there from uh, all over the world. Wow. I, I've literally met or, or made friends all uh, worldwide, and it's it's been a tremendous growth experience for me. So, did you reach your goal of wanting to apply it after joining? Absolutely, <laughs> uh, absolutely. I I actually uh, um, I work at the uh, Lakeview Center uh, in in IT. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Warren was talking about that, so I had a great interest, and uh, I'm in a, a a role there where I have an opportunity to lead folks uh, as as I can apply it, um, you know, from what I'm learning. Sure. And, and over the past year, I've seen tremendous results from that. So uh, it, it does work, um, obviously, and and uh, uh, you need to care for your employees. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, uh, Warren was talking about the back room. You know, type away in the in the closet type thing. That, those days are, I, I'm I'm hoping those are leaving, uh, so that people can be more productive by um, actually having somebody that cares for them and cares mm-hmm. for their development development because mm-hmm. uh, leaders develop leaders, and and that's what uh, what we really need to. And it's a lot more fun to produce under purpose or with a, with a why, yeah. right? Yeah. Right. Than than not. Well, we all like to go home feeling satisfied, sure. fulfilled. And, and uh, you know, we maybe get selfish and think about ourselves, but w- when you apply that to other people, you know, are, are my uh, are my staff going home uh, satisfied and fulfilled? Mm-hmm. Or are they going home going, man, you know, I got to go in again tomorrow? Yeah. Um, and and if we if we realize and start adding value to those people and and uh, you know, give them the the tools they need and the, and the encouragement and the the, the personal growth mm-hmm. they need to uh, to to their jobs, um, uh, there's just a lot of value there for everybody. Very neat. So, so let me, I have a, sort of a two part question here, but I can imagine because I'm trying to think when you said you, you wanted to learn how to apply, so you joined the group to sort of make it a, a mission or a job or a purpose with you. Uh-huh. I can imagine that in most industries, um, and I'm speaking from the culinary side of things because I've been a chef before this, mm-hmm. when you're so into the mix, you don't get the 30,000 foot view, right? Right. But I would think that with the John Maxwell group and with what you all do, you have to be in the mix to get the 30,000 foot view. And I say that to lead into as you've been in it, I'm sure your definition of what makes a great leader has changed probably multiple times. But do mm-hmm. you feel uh, do you feel you get sort of that broader view when when addressing certain people or certain characteristics or certain groups a, a lot easier now that you've you know, you you've been in it and you, it like in some industries, you get so into it, you get lost in sort of the right. big picture. Uh-huh. But uh-huh. I would think in something that you guys are doing, you're getting a big picture. Right, right. Yeah, I, I do. I, I look at people a lot differently. It's kind of like, uh, have you ever bought a red car? And all of a sudden, you find out everybody has <laughs> a red car. You're getting pulled over? Right? Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, you get pulled over more, <laughs> yeah. which you is get a pulled, yeah. truth. <laughs> you get pulled over more, and you also notice that everybody else has a red car, right? Mm-hmm. Your awareness broadens all of a sudden because you have a focus on yeah. on that color of car or whatnot. And, and the same thing happens uh, you know, when you, you are in the mix. You Your awareness uh, broadens tremendously. Uh, Paul Martinelli, uh, president of John Maxwell team, which Mary mentioned, uh tremendous thought leader uh mm-hmm. and and uh and mentor and uh, he has uh, allowed me and and others of course to to grow that awareness so when i look at people today i, I you know maybe at, at one time you may have looked at people with a dollar sign on their head or something mm-hmm. like that you know mm-hmm. but uh, today i look at them they, they have value written across their forehead because everybody has value mm-hmm. no matter what they're doing who they are where they came from, um, and 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 part of the, the 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 coaching lane of the John Maxwell team is to show these folks that they do have value. Yeah. That that uh, there's there's potential there. We were all born perfectly and abundantly with with uh, potential, uh, and and over time, even in our younger years, we we begin to learn a, a belief system 
you know, maybe at the, you're at the table and you knock something over and you're told you're clumsy, you're clumsy, you're clumsy. Well, you grow up and you, you assume you're clumsy, right? Mm-hmm. So it's a belief system that's instilled upon you. And, and part of coaching is to, to teach people how to unlearn what they've learned and, and build themselves up again and, and, and add to that with, with the right purpose. Do you find self-auditing to be easier for you? Self-auditing, describe. Like you're coaching people, right? And so uh-huh. you're, you're, you have that 30,000 foot view of maybe some contributing factors to being the way they're being. Right. Is it easier for you knowing some of these strategies and tactics that John talks about and that this whole team is, is the values that they're about? Is it easier for you to self-audit and, and really go back and say, Oh, this like is a higher level of emotional yeah. intelligence. Yeah, yeah exactly. exactly. Yeah. Is it, you find it easier to do that? It, it is. And, and the more you get involved and, 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 Learn about yourself. Yeah, uh, it, it's uh, well, it's like the airplane thing. You know, put your mask on first, mm-hmm. um, and so that's the second time I've heard that this week. Is that right? Really? That is it, it, within two days. It's it, crazy. We, we actually have a club that gets together and, and you no, know, I'm just <laughs> <laughs> that's the second. That's the first time I've ever heard the reference, and this is the second time this week I've heard it referenced that way. But it is true. Uh, uh, you, you need to grow yourself. Uh, personal development is is an ongoing thing. It's a lifetime thing. Sure, it, it's not something you read a book and say, "Okay, I'm I'm developed, I'm done." Uh, you have to continually work on yourself. And as you do that, even if you read the same book over and over every year, I don't think Doctor Seuss counts, though. That that could Depends be. On <laughs> it depends on which one. Right. Cat in the Hat, Volume <laughs> Two, <laughs> yeah. <is a> classic. <laughs> but uh, but but by doing that. Uh, as your awareness grows, you're going to dig more things out of that same book every year. Yeah. Uh, and so, you know, it, it, uh, th- that's part of the idea of, of continuing to learn. Okay, well, let's talk about some of the things that both, and Mary, I want you to chime in on this too, cause, but what are some of those nuggets of gold that you've pulled out of your trainings in these books? What are the, the paramount things that you, somebody could immediately take away from here today and, and leave with? Well, let me start out. Uh, the, the biggest thing I... I I believe, and, and it's a broad spectrum, but it's adding value to people. Uh, and, and when you take that and start breaking it down, there, there's a lot of things you can you can do with that, of course. But when when John speaks, for instance, uh, you'll see him on stage all the time. He'll come out and say, "Hi, I'm John. I'm your friend." And and that's the the, the first thing that people need to know about you. Mm-hmm. Uh, your your staff needs to know about you. Those you are leading, whether it be in your family, uh, in your church, in, in your business. Um, people need to know that you're there to, as their friend and, and to, to help them to grow, to develop them, uh, to be a better person. And, and by doing so, um, they're going to appreciate that and, and you're going to see results yeah. in a positive way. I'm going to kind of follow right along that, John, because one of the things that, then there's so many, so when you say pick a couple, that's like only eating one M&M. How right. do you do that? I right, or know. one Lay's so potato, potato chip. Yeah, potato. I get you. <laughs> but just some thoughts of what I've heard today, and one of them would be that, as John was kind of alluding to, that you need to show what filled up because you can't give out what you don't have. So it's continually pouring into yourself and looking at that, you know, taking care of that oxygen mask first because you you do need to put into yourself what it is you want to put out into the world. Mm-hmm. And that is really being wise and, and I'm going to say kind of very uh, discerning as to what you listen to on, on the radio, say like, this mm-hmm. is a great thing to listen to, but what are you listening to on television, on the yeah. radio? What are you reading? What are you putting into you? Because that is again, what you're going to pour out to the world. So with the John Maxwell team, we know what we're putting in is, is quality it is of significant value to others. It is true from a value ethnic standpoint. So we are putting into to all of us who are part of the team and, and holding true to those values, quality that we then get to pour out to other people, yeah. whether it's through speaking or coaching or training. Uh, the other thing I, I that I've really taken away is that it takes more than one to really develop and grow something great. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. I can have a great idea and I think it's wonderful and I can only take it so far. But when I surround myself with like-minded people who think differently, mm-hmm. then that is when the idea really gets to grow. And that's when the true sense of leadership can develop and foster because leading by the power of one is going to lead you nowhere. That is, right. It only goes as far as one. But when you can have leadership at a level of influence, which is what we have really learned that 
leadership is influence, nothing more, nothing less, then you, then you're influencing those around you and you're developing this core team, your inner circle of people mm-hmm. that that allows that idea to to grow way, I mean, way beyond whatever capacity you could think of because then you're limited to your own, mm-hmm. and I think it was mentioned before, your EQ, your IQ, and then, you know, your, your SQ, your spiritual quadrant. Mm-hmm. I, I look at that. So what are those things that the gifts you have and the talents you have, but then surrounding yourself with those people who can add value to that and then pour all of that out to those people you might be working with. Warren, you mentioned, you know, I love how you talked about employee retention and, and how valuable that is and how you look at what, what I heard you saying was really you look at leadership from a, a very giving perspective. It is not mm-hmm. a one looking down, but it's really taking into account what do these employees need? Yeah. And to me, that's what true leadership really is. You are setting them up so they have somebody to look up to as a source of influence. And and as John would say, you you know how your leadership is is working for you if you go for a walk and you look behind you. And mm-hmm. if there's nobody following you, what does that say? All right. So. Well, I think, too, uh, intention and perception are, can really hit in the right. middle there. Right. Yeah. Uh, exactly. Yes. Mm-hmm. So, and I, that, I mean, from our perspective, that's where we really come in and help out and, and kind of act as those translators and kind of help method it. Mm-hmm. Well, and the other thing, too, that I think happens with, with, as you guys are saying, you know, obviously fill your cup with the right stuff so that mm-hmm. you can give back in that way. But you've got to have some accountability there. And I think Ooh, when you start yes. surrounding yourself with those that you want to, with, with people that, of, that are in, in idol or, or model of what you want to become, that's sort of an organic thing that happens sometimes. We refer to that as the JMT DNA. The J- okay. Yeah, okay. They see there you go. Get there, there's the bracelet. I've got the bracelet to prove it. <laughs> I thought he was about to show me the tattoo. <laughs> so, there you uh, go. There's something new that we're doing. Well, let's talk about that. So, so because... You know, going through the process, obviously, you all have to have a lot of self-awareness. I mean, John's not standing at your front door every morning, you know, holding you accountable necessarily in a way that you would see uh, going to work for a business or and having a boss or something like that. So you've got to have some self-awareness and some self-accountability. But I imagine there's some things in play here that really do help hold you accountable. Otherwise, the two of you would not have gotten as far as you have. Right. Mm-hmm. So what are some of those tactics that, that the John Maxwell team uses? Well, one of the things I, I think, uh, as as far as uh, staying together and staying on the same page, is uh, the the fact that twice a year uh, they have a, a a certification that we can go to in Orlando. Um, uh, many of us, uh, Mary included, re what we do, we re audit mm-hmm. and, and go there again to meet not only friends that we've made in the past internationally, but also uh, make new friends and. Everybody, uh, in fact, John gives a, a, actually a DNA talk and talks about the, the culture of the John Maxwell team and the DNA. And we, we come away from that really being on the same page. Um, we do have, you know, everybody's like-minded mm-hmm. um, in that we, we want to grow people. We want to grow ourselves. We want to personally develop ourselves. But um, we also, but on the other hand, we think differently. So as we make friends, we, we, we get together on, on a, you know, a closed Facebook group. We share ideas. We share, uh, our lives. Um, many times you'll, 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 somebody will be in a situation. One of our mentors recently had a, had a, a medical situation. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, we, we get on there and we, we say we're praying for you and, and so on and so forth. And, 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 and so that, that's a family, kind of a family thing, if you sure. will, that, that, goes beyond just a an organization that's that's teaching about training yeah so sort of really powerful to have a support structure in place absolutely yeah can, can so, i just add a little something to that yeah. because i know a lot of different there, there there's so many different teams or, or places you can go for growth they, mm-hmm. they are out there there are tons of them i've been to some of them been with some of them so i, I speak from experience when i say that if if you're looking for something uh, and maybe this event coming up on October the 7th is your first experience with the John Maxwell team. And you want to kind of go check that out, too, uh, while learning great content at the simulcast. But with the John Maxwell team, there is no other organization. And, and I say this from my ex- personal experience where you can go and the, the mentors who are teaching you. And these are some of the top notch thought leaders, I would say, globally mm-hmm. uh, that, that I've come across in different areas that you can get on a phone call with 
at least one one or two times a week, if not more than that. And then the more you advance within the John Maxwell team, you have more access to these top thought leaders. It's like your own personal little round think tank that you get into <laughs> and you have access to these people that you would not normally get. And they are genuinely there with you, connecting with you. So it's not you go to one event, yay, 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 rah, 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 then mm-hmm. everything is over. But no, there, there is there is the, the JMT DNA, that thread of connection that is very intentional. Uh, I have uh, the, the privilege of being on different pieces and parts of the mm-hmm. John Maxwell team in different areas. So I, I know from firsthand experience that it's not it's not just for people to show up, get training, and then you're, you're done and you're loose. Right. But you can get on one of three support calls every day. I mean, I have one at five o'clock on Friday mornings because I thought that would be a great time for people on the East Coast to hook up mm-hmm. or people uh, actually who are over in the UK. There's a lot of people in the UK, a lot of people over in Africa that are part of the team in Belgium. Uh, so, so it is truly a global team. So what time do you have to get up in order to facilitate a 5 a.m. call <laughs> of this early. magnitude? It's, 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 I was thinking after I put down that time, that was yeah. dumb. You know, I shouldn't have done that. Around 4, yeah. 4 o'clock, because I have to put out the reminders to the team on Facebook mm-hmm. and on the and, you know and get ready for the call in because yeah. I, I host the call and uh, and just be ready for whatever question anybody has new to the team. Uh, I'm there to answer the question for them and, and help guide them either down a training, speaking, coaching, whatever that looks like for them, or, mm-hmm. or just personal growth and development. And if I did nothing more than what I've already done from a business monetary coaching standpoint, training standpoint, the personal growth perspective was has been worth any monetary investment, mm-hmm. time investment, and, and my life-changing investment is, you know, I I could I could have a whole show just on this. Well, I, I've been thinking about that. Yeah, lately. I mean, like, what, what else? I, I, could, I could go on and on. I about know a this. guy. <laughs> we know people that, that can make that happen. Um, okay, so the, one of these next questions, and this is John. This is actually one that you wrote down. I think it's great, and it just fits that warrants here. But what do you th- think is the number one most important thing that an employer can do to foster leaders in the workplace? And I think both of you obviously see this every day on uh, on some definite characteristics that make people excel in that area. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, um, if I wanted to foster that in my organization, where do I start other than with myself? My, my word on that is going to be servant leadership. How are you serving your employees? Mm-hmm. How are you developing your employees? Um, do you care for them? Do they know you're, that you care for them? Mm-hmm. Right. And, and, and put yourself, there don't don't uh be be uh barking orders from a from a high point or or whatever the case but let them know that that you're there for them uh teach them skills that you know a part of one of the speakers there is going to be uh liz wiseman who's going to talk about multipliers one of her books and it's talking about not you know you may be the smartest person in the room you may have all then you're in the wrong room right yeah, you, well, that's what i always well, get that, told. That, that is true but but uh but but also, you know, you may be smarter than the, the folks that work for you or whatever the case, but you shouldn't stand in that room and say, well, I'm the smartest guy, do this, do this, do this. Mm-hmm. But rather, put yourself in a position where you can take those smarts and, and, and multiply that by investing in your employees, by adding value to them, by uh, helping them to, to grow as well. And, and by doing so, you, you've multiplied yourself. And... Uh, uh, obviously gain more productivity in, in that way. Very cool. What are you seeing? I think uh, as much as you can foster productive conversations um, and productive communication. Um, so a lot of times, again, you might be the smartest person in the room, but there's a, probably an angle that you haven't really thought of or there probably is an area that you're just not aware of because um, you just possibly can't know everything, right? Mm-hmm. So. Um, I think the biggest problem, one of the biggest problems, not the biggest, but one of the biggest problems that I see is um, there's not a whole lot of venues and avenues for a, a productive communication environment where they can get in a room and really have an open dialogue mm-hmm. where you know there is no possible negative or, yeah. consequences. Um, and the environments where I've seen that exercised, um, when you talk about employee retention, you know, people mm-hmm. aren't answering phone calls. <laughs> they're, right. they're not looking on job boards when they feel fulfilled. Um, and part of that fulfillment is really having the, you know, the, the, the room where your voice is heard. 
Very cool. Okay, David, and if I could just add to that, because yeah, I, I, I am all about communication. It's just where I live. I, I love it. And <laughs> that is your world. It's it? my world. I love that world. It of doesn't surprise me. <laughs> And, and you're just so right, Warren. And I know one of the things that, that I think, you know, with communication that I spend a lot of time when I work with teams who need that more of a facilitated roundtable discussion to allow the freedom for the ideas to come out in a non-threatening mm-hmm. environment is really getting to know the people as their personality, who they are. So doing, uh, you know, personality assessments, you can go, you can do the higher level assessments, the Meyer Briggs, all mm-hmm. those different ones. But you, you, I want to know who that core of the person is. Who mm. are they? And and then once I know that, I can speak into their world and and bring out and ask the questions that are going to resonate with them internally to then foster that communication that's going to, one, make them feel touched. Like, gosh, they, they really listened to what I had to say. Mm-hmm. They're speaking my language. Mm-hmm. And then knowing how to be the right listener for that kind of person. Yeah. Some people you get three seconds and other people you need three hours. It just depends on the person. But knowing that up front just builds that communication framework to where they're not going looking on the board because they feel heard by their yeah. by their leader. So for for those of that you speak with and, and work with and they don't have time or they don't get to take some of those deeper personality tests like Myers Briggs and Berkman and, and Disc mm-hmm. and all that what do you suggest are some pretty quick ways or effective questions to find, to maybe get to the core of a person? A lot of why do you, well, I listen a lot and I yeah. listen to the words they say, are they a fast speaker? If they're a fast speaker, then sometimes either they might be a little nervous. That could be part of it, but it could also be that they're innately, they move fast. So my questions are going to be geared toward fast and quick answers. Mm-hmm. And, and the words I would use would imply fast action. If I think that might be their, their general makeup. If somebody comes and sits down maybe at an interview and uh, they're, they're looking like they're, they're kind of uh, scared or intimidated, it's all about getting them relaxed and really mm-hmm. listening to the words that, that they use and asking the questions. And if I think it's somebody who needs a little more nurturing, that's their, their nature, that like to nurture people, that is, they're, they're those supportive people, then those are the words that I use with them. Tell me how you would like to grow things. How do you see mm-hmm. this branching out to build a good foundation versus somebody who I might see might be the more results oriented driven person who might, uh, I might then say, tell me how fast you might be able to accomplish this. How do you mm-hmm. see the growth uh, moving in an upward and outward way, mm-hmm. which implies a fast moving action? So it, it really is, is listening first, watching, and then trying your best to speak the language of, of who it is you're in front of. I think too the the vulnerability of your why will help you know give them yeah. their why. Yes, that's a good point. So one of the things I've noticed, Mary, since you and I have met and we've been in each mm-hmm. other's lives, one of the things I've noticed that she does is, aside from listening, but you truly, like I can see before we sometimes start a conversation, you stop for a second, you think about who you're talking to, and then you sort of start putting those things that you were just speaking sort of in order. Because I've noticed our conversations flow way differently than some of the other when I've seen you have conversations with somebody who's maybe just right next to me. But to actually stop and take that moment to analyze not only yourself, but who you're about to talk to and what you're about to talk about. Mm -hmm. I've watched that become and I've started applying it. So this is why I'm saying it. But I've watched that be a very, very effective thing. And I've also seen some people give some really weird faces because they're like, did she hear what I just said? <laughs> right? Because just <laughs> stopping right. for a second to right. wait before we respond. But I, I think that's a that's a big thing. If people would sometimes just take five seconds to really mm-hmm. wait before you respond, right. you tend to come out with a little bit more content. It's, that's, it's very important to know your audience yeah. before you mm-hmm. speak. Yeah. And I know it's not, you know, you get the flyby talks or in the hall or whatever at work, and it's not always possible to stop that quick because sometimes answers need to be had fast. But for the majority of some conversations, I would think the world might be a better place someday yeah. if you oh, just absolutely. slow down for a yep. second, right? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So, okay, well, we're running out of time here, but is there anything we missed? And, and let's give them the information one more time if, if, if we haven't caught it yet. Uh, the, the event that is happening on October um, 7th at, at 8 o'clock, and it's going to uh, just about noon. It's Live to Lead. It's a simulcast leader development experience, and it's designed to equip you with uh, new perspectives uh, and uh, practical tools and, and key takeaways. Um, it'll, it'll breathe new life into your leadership. 
the, the speakers, again, are going to be uh, John C. Maxwell, Dan Cathy, uh, Liz Wiseman, and Simon and Sinek. Uh, it's going to be a great event. So I recommend everybody uh, go on l2lpensacola.com. That's, uh, that two is a, a number two. And, uh, and get your tickets today. It's going to be great. All right. There we go. And uh, if you um, would like to check us out at Tech Systems, again, uh, Instagram or Twitter and then uh, techsystems.com. Um, if you're local and uh, you would like to have a conversation just about, you know, attracting and retaining mm-hmm. talent, I'd love to come in and sit with you and, and have a really candid and open conversation around, you know, what we do and um, how we do it. Very cool. All right, Mary, I know you're not going to say it, so I'm going to say it for you. Tell them about the book. <laughs> Oh, I get to talk about the book. You get to talk oh, about yes. the book. Oh, yes. Yes. We got to promote the book. Absolutely. Okay. She's being all modest over here. <laughs> and stuff. Oh, well, it's, it's a faith-based book, so I, I, yeah, I go right. with that. But hey, that's who I am. So there you have it. But it's a, a faith-based book. It's an eight-week Bible study just released about a month ago yep. called Centering Seven Steps and Finding Balance and Momentum in Your Relationship with Christ. And it is available on Amazon. I am here locally and would love to come and share that uh, concept and mm-hmm. thought with any of the listeners, you know, faith-based, just realize that that's what it is. I will be talking about Jesus Christ uh, <laughs> as your Lord and Savior. So uh, do you do have any that. events coming up? Um, any book signings or anything coming up anytime soon? Or I am I'm working on one now. Okay. I, it's not confirmed yet, so I'm not going to put it out there. But I'm also... We're getting uh, close. I'll look, uh, you can go to the Center Ring book website or Mary Reesberg, R-I-E-S-B-E-R-G.com. And find out more because I will be doing a free online Bible study using the book. And not only will you be doing the Bible study, but you will be learning how to hula hoop. Yes. It is part of, Mary part is of the awesome center. Oh, yes. Lifelong dreams I, fulfilled. She's go. really hey. good. She can do like the whole seven at once thing. And talk about influence. Mary got John Maxwell to hula, <laughs> to hula hoop with her. I, I it believe was, it. It was, it was, awesome. it was awesome. It was fantastic. <laughs> it was fantastic. Very cool. Yeah. All right. Thank well, you for that, Keith. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, guys, you can find us at Picola Radio X on Twitter. You can find us at Picola BRX on Facebook. And you can find us on our website at Pensacola.BusinessRadioX.com. I want to thank all of our guests for coming in this morning. And this has been Pensacola Business Radio, where business is good and your work matters. Mm-hmm.